Welcome to Healing Hearts, Empowering Critical Care Providers. The information provided in this podcast is general in nature and is intended as a training tool for Children's Hospital and Medical Center personnel. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Complete information regarding the podcast, including its limitations on usage, is available under the episode description. Hi, welcome to Healing Hearts. My name is Dr. Melissa Mufflewitt, and I'm a pediatric nephrologist at Children's Hospital and Medical Center. Today, I was asked to speak to you about dialysis. So to get started, I just wanted to cover really how I think about kidney function when it comes to requiring renal replacement therapy like dialysis. So really how I explain kidney function in a basic sense to the family is really that the kidneys provide clearance of the blood. So they get rid of ingested metabolic waste. They regulate the electrolytes within the body to keep those electrolytes within a normal range. And they also are very important in the regulation of acid and base balance. And then the second key component of kidney functions is the regulation of fluid and sodium balance. And with this, they also have a key role of regulating arterial blood pressure. Now, when these functions aren't working well in the kidney, um, we have different titles for a change in kidney function. So most frequently within the ICU, what we will encounter is something called acute kidney injury or AKI for short. But you might also, within the ICU, experience some of our chronic dialysis patients or patients with chronic kidney disease or ESRD, um, which stands for end-stage renal disease. So I also wanted to cover the definitions for those today in case you encounter any of our long-term kidney patients during your work in the ICU. So how do you define acute kidney injury? So really, acute kidney injury is any decrease in GFR. That decrease in um, GFR or glomerular filtration rate may or may not lead to an increase in creatinine and may or may not lead to a change in urine output. Our patients within the ICU are at um, extremely high risk of acute kidney injury. And so this is something that we see quite frequently in all of our ICU patients, especially the cardiac patients. There are several different definitions of acute kidney injury that we currently use. There's the rifle or the P rifle, which is specified for pediatric patients, and there's also the AKIN definitions. And I won't get into these definitions for sake of time, but they're available and really just kind of categorize the level or severity of acute kidney injury by stratifying the um, increase in creatinine of the patient and also their urine output um, over set periods of time. And so if we see any patients with change in creatinine or a change in urine output, we can define these patients as having acute kidney injury. So what can cause acute kidney injury? Well, really about anything in your ICU patients. Commonly, we will see acute kidney injury in our patients with congenital heart disease. It can also occur in patients with inborn errors of metabolism. AKI is common in patients with sepsis with multi-organ involvement. Acute kidney injury is very common throughout the hospital in patients that are exposed to nephrotoxins. And also, acute kidney injury is common in patients with malignancies. 
So really the interesting thing about that is most of the time within the hospital, patients that we see with acute kidney injury do not have a primary renal diagnosis. So now that we've defined acute kidney injury, then I also wanted to explain some of our patients with chronic kidney disease and how to define chronic kidney disease. Really, chronic kidney disease is separated into five stages, which are all defined as progressive worsening of GFR or glomerular filtration rate. And so stage one is the most mild with a normal GFR of greater than 90. And then stage two is a GFR of 89 to 60. Stage three is a GFR of 59 to 30. Stage four is more severe and is a GFR of 29 to 15. And stage five is really the most severe form of chronic kidney disease where the GFR is less than 15. Now, patients with a GFR of less than 15 are typically requiring some sort of renal replacement therapy, whether that is dialysis or kidney transplantation. Patients can really vary on how they progress through this scale of chronic kidney disease progression. This can occur over a lifetime or years to in more severe renal disorders. This progression can be very rapid in days to weeks. You'll also hear us as nephrologists using the term ESRD or end-stage renal disease, which is really used to define patients that are severe CKD, stage five, with a GFR less than 15, but that are determined to be dialysis dependent. And typically, we also do not define these patients as ESRD unless they've been you know, dialysis dependent for a period of greater than three months. So now that we've talked about patients with acute kidney injury or chronic kidney disease, when do we start dialysis? An easy mnemonic that I use to remember the indications for pediatric renal replacement therapy is A-E-I-O-U. And we'll break this down one by one. So A stands for acidosis. And so typically I consider that this is acidosis resistant to your other medical management E, I use for electrolyte imbalance, which typically involves irregularities or significant abnormalities of potassium and phosphorus. I stands for intoxications, um, so that would be intoxications of things that are dialyzable, namely things like aspirin or methanol. I, I also use to stand for inborn errors in metabolism. So this would be patients with severe hyperammonemia that we can help by clearing um, ammonia levels on dialysis. O, I consider for fluid overload or oliguria. And so again, this is really symptomatic fluid overload that has been unresponsive to um, diuretics or um, a fluid challenge. U indicates uremia. And again, this is more symptomatic uremia, so patients showing signs of encephalopathy or bleeding would be some problematic symptoms um, associated with uremia. Other indications that don't fit in the mnemonic, I also consider dialysis, especially in ICU patients if they're anticipated to have a large volume of fluid intake, including transfusions. And so these are often some of our small patients on ECMO. 
And I also like to consider nutrition as an indication for dialysis in some of our chronic kids that continue to always battle with fluid overload, then sometimes dialysis would be indicated just to continue to provide these chronic patients with good nutrition. Now the next question is, so you have some sense of a lab value or a clinical finding that makes you want to initiate dialysis. Well, when do you start or when do you initiate dialysis? Well, the timing of renal replacement therapy in children is quite variable. There's really not a correct time to initiate dialysis. It's really based on provider preference and patient characteristics like age, race, their severity of their illness, how acutely ill they are, and other comorbidities that they have. And really, dialysis beliefs are really based on the organization where you're practicing and really, you know, what the, the common practice for dialysis is, what dialysis modalities they're most comfortable with. And all these decisions really go into place after a discussion with the nephrologist and the ICU teams in order to make a decision in the best interest of the patient for when to start dialysis. When we decide on dialysis in a pediatric patient, we also have to consider the difficulties that can arise with pediatric patients. So the first thing to consider is really the patient's size. Patient size can really determine what access is available for that patient. And oftentimes we're very limited in access in some of our small infant patients. And really every patient is different and requires a unique dialysis prescription. We do not dialyze children as frequently as adults dialyze, and that also can lead to less experience at centers. Our machinery is not generally made for pediatric patients, and so there's oftentimes things that we need to adapt with our machines to make them safe for pediatric patients. And this includes blood priming, which you will see us perform on some of our patients in the ICU. And this is really a technique that we've utilized where we actually prime the circuit with blood in order to make uh, hemodialysis safer for our patients where the dialysis circuit is greater than 10% of their total blood volume. So how do I explain what dialysis serves to provide? Well, I usually tell families that when the kidneys are injured, they're not doing a good job with those earlier tasks that we talked about that the kidney's responsible for. And so we have to do the work of the kidneys with dialysis for a period of time. And so that involves providing fluid removal, which on dialysis is called ultrafiltration or UF. And we also need to provide clearance, which can occur via two mechanisms, either diffusion or convection and we will discuss those methods within these following lectures. So what are our replacement, uh, renal replacement therapy options within the PICU? Well, we can offer almost any mode of dialysis within the PICU. We can offer hemodialysis or often what we call intermittent hemodialysis. We can offer peritoneal dialysis and we can also offer continuous renal replacement therapy or CRRT. So each modality really has its own advantages and disadvantages, and we will discuss each of those separately within their lectures. And our choice of dialysis is really guided by our patient, what their underlying disease is, what their underlying symptoms are, and really how hemodynamically stable they are. 
again, our goals of therapy are usually fluid removal or electrolyte correction, but really that can vary between patients. And also, again, the mode of renal replacement therapy that we choose is often uh, determined by what dialysis modality we are most comfortable with in a patient of that size or with that illness. So now that we've covered a bit about kidney function, acute kidney injury, and an easy mnemonic that I use to remember the indications for pediatric renal replacement therapy, we will cover in separate lectures the three forms of dialysis, hemodialysis, peritoneal dialysis, and CRRT. For more information about Children's Hospital and Medical Center, visit childrensomaha.org. Thanks for listening to Healing Hearts, empowering critical care providers.